every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, a ministry of 1-8 Catalyst, where we are pursuing the completion of the Great Commission worldwide. To learn more about our work or to listen to previous episodes, please visit our website at 1-8, spelled out in word form, catalyst.org. That's 1-8-catalyst.org. Thanks for joining us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this, the 83rd episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am your host, Mike Falkenstein. So glad to be here with you. And we're here in the last half of June already. It's hard to believe that we are now almost a third of the way already done through summer. And I am, uh, yeah, enjoying the summer. We're just getting ready to go away for a couple of weeks on vacation. And so it's a fun time, isn't it? It's really a fun time. And I'm so thankful that you're with us on this, the latest episode of our podcast. And as you know, we have a deep heart to pursue the completion of the Great Commission worldwide. And this podcast is a part of that uh, process, you know, as people understand their responsibility um, uh, with the commands and in the commands that Jesus has given, and then begin to pray about opportunities to you know, how God would want to use you. Obviously, we want to give people a lot of opportunities to figure that out. And so as a part of that, I'm very happy to have Wayne Peterson, the Executive Director for the International Day for the Unreached. I actually interviewed him for this episode. And in this episode, I actually asked him our very standard made-for-missions three questions. And it's actually been a while since we've done one of these episodes where we're asking a ministry leader about the Made for Missions three questions. And so, as you remember, since it's been a while, I'll just remind you, if you remember, it's actually uh, the idea here is that we're asking the same three questions, and then we get a lot of responses from a lot of different ministry leaders, and then we can begin to put those together and sort of a potpourri of answers and go, oh, we have a very full, much more of a full response or very full answers because we've heard from so many different people. And Wayne did not disappoint at all. He did a fantastic job, as you'll see, in or as you'll hear in this episode, uh, his answer to number one, the number one question is actually just a, a touch different than uh, answers we've gotten in the past. And so normally when we ask, is the do you believe that the Great Commission is a normative command for all Christians? People are saying, well, of course I believe that. Now, Wayne gets to that point eventually, uh, but he takes a very circuitous route, which was cool. I was really happy to see how that worked out. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Uh, it's about 20 minutes or so. We are together where I'm asking him about... International Day for the Unreached again, and then I ask him the three questions, and so uh, I really hope you enjoy the interview. I'll be back afterwards to uh, to say some final uh, comments, so thank you for joining us, and I'll be back here in just a bit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so 
so much for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. And today I am in the now the second uh, session with Wayne Peterson, Executive Director uh, for uh, International Day for the Unreached. And Wayne, in our first session with you last week on our podcast, we uh, you did give a little bit of a uh, an overview of International Day for the Unreached. So I encourage everyone to go back and listen to that first episode. But just in case there's someone who's listening, and this is really the first of the episodes they've heard of you being on our podcast, would you just give kind of another two or three minute little overview of what International Day for the Unreached is and kind of what your purpose is the, there? Yeah, good, Mike. Thank you for the privilege. Some 70,000 people a day die without a knowledge of Jesus as Savior. 90% of the world's population lives within regions that are resistant to the gospel. About 40% of humanity is unreached, about 2.8 billion people. Uh, they have not had the gospel presented in a way they could meaningfully respond to. These are the unreached people groups have no Bible, no missionary, no church. 90% of the people in the unreached will never even meet a follower of Jesus. So the International Day for the Unreached has as its purpose to raise the awareness in the North American church to Christ's great commission. His last words to his followers before he left for heaven was that we were to take this gospel, this good news, and preach it here, there, and everywhere to Jerusalem, mm -hmm. Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And even as he said that, he said, you will receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses uh, to the ends of the earth. So we are taking Christ's command, Christ's commission, very seriously and focused on the remaining 40% of the people of the uh, world that do not have access to the gospel in any way. Mm, that's great. That is really great. And yes, I, as we mentioned last time, um, I was able to watch the uh, event that you did on Pentecost Sunday. And I think that was also something people could, if you're in Colorado Springs, you could attend it too. Do you want to give everyone a little uh, kind of review of what you guys are doing on that, that actual day? And you've got kind of the event that you do, right? Yes, well, we uh, we use the event, and we want the Day for the Unreached to be more than an event. We want it to be a movement. But the event was focused on Pentecost Sunday, and that was the day in the first century when the Holy Spirit came down at Pentecost, and they spoke gospel in every language of every people group. All the men that were uh, there, and men and women that were there, heard the gospel in their own language. And they left Jerusalem and took that message back to their own countries. The book of Acts says that these were people from every nation under heaven. And so our goal is that um, Pentecost Sunday 2019 would be a time when mm. churches, mission organizations, radio stations, individuals would come together and unite around the cause for the unreached around the world. So, yes, we had a live event in Colorado Springs. People were invited to that. It was also distributed on FaceTime Live. And uh, I'll tell you, many more people have watched it on Facebook Live than were in attendance in person, but that's okay. And so we'll continue <laughs> to use social media 
there were groups in Africa and Asia and Latin America that were participating on FaceTime. And uh, next year, Pentecost Sunday again, will be an emphasis on the International Day for the Unreached to raise the awareness of the North American Church to Christ's command to take the gospel everywhere. That's great. Well, I'm already looking forward to it. And, you know, I I really learned about you all just uh, just before the event, quite frankly, and so I hadn't made plans. But, you know, for us, we're just here in uh, Denver metro area, so it's not a, right. a not a far drive, so we'll be sure to to join you all uh, in person next year. That'll be a lot of fun. Well, and and the neat thing, it's uh, archived on Facebook, so uh, you can still view it. And it's also archived on our website. It's called dayfortheunreached.org, our website, dayfortheunreached.org. And it was a wonderful hour and a half program. With uh, We have 12 members of the Day for the Unreached Coalition that were there, the leaders were there talking what God is doing in their work in Bible translation, in broadcasting, medical work, church planning, uh, street evangelism. It was a wonderful time of getting uh, snapshots of how God is working around the world. The, the amazing thing, lest we be discouraged by the immensity of the job, well, there are 3,000 people an hour coming to know Christ. 3,000 mm. people an hour around the world. That's a Pentecost every hour. That's a stadium full of people every day, 74,000 people a day. Uh, There are every week 3,500 churches being planted around the world. So the real growth of the gospel is in Africa, Asia, Latin America. But the difficult places are in Eastern Europe, Central Asia, North Africa, the highly Muslim, Buddhist, uh, and uh, Hindu Mm -hmm. populations where there is great political, religious, or terroristic opposition to the gospel. And that's where a vast majority of the unreached people are in places that are very difficult to reach. Mm, That's right. Well, that's exciting. That's, wow, 3,000 people per hour. That's pretty... (laughs) 3,000, yeah, that that is amazing. That's a Pentecost every hour. So there has been more growth in the church in the last 100 years around the world than in the previous 1,900 years altogether. Things are accelerating around the world, and we don't hear about it in our country, but Africa, Asia, Latin America, rapid expansion of the gospel, and God is truly at work, but there's still uh, some of the high-hanging fruit that uh, we need to focus on and focus our attention in reaching these difficult places that are the most challenging, the most daunting, and, and in many ways the most dangerous. Yeah, I think it was David Platt that said, uh, I heard him say one time that the People groups that were easy to reach, right? They've been reached. So the ones yeah. that are left, these are the these are the hard ones. So these are the ones that might take a three day hike to get to, or face uh, trials of many kinds. And so, yeah, you and I are, uh, you know, uh, alike in that area. We it, we also really have a heart for that. So, Wayne, that gives us a good chance to uh, transition towards these three questions. So we actually haven't done these in, in, a, in a while, so I'll just remind everyone that our idea here is that as we want to encourage people towards Great Commission fulfillment, uh, we're asking uh, ministry leaders uh, really these same three questions, the idea being that we've got a multitude of answers, maybe a very a well-rounded answer uh, to these questions. So, Wayne, I'll pose the first of our three questions to you, which is, Given the passages of Scripture that address that address the Great Commission, uh, do you believe that the Great Commission is a command that Jesus gives to all Christians? 
Well, obviously, it was given to his followers, uh, his uh, 12 disciples, his 11 disciples at that time that were there when he said, uh, as his last word, take this to the ends of the earth everywhere. But it's obvious in his uh, great prayer before he was crucified in John chapter 17, where Jesus said, my prayer is not just for these alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father, and may they uh, also be in those that the world may believe that you have sent me. And so uh, I take that, that it's for you and me. It wasn't just for the 11, it was for the 120, and then it was for the 500 and uh, that were commanded to take the gospel everywhere. And as I read Jesus' last words in several different places, his, uh, the, the, he gave us the great commandment to love one another, to love mm-hmm. God with all our heart, mind, and soul, and our neighbor as ourselves. And then he gave us the great commission to take this message uh, to the ends of the world. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. So yes, I believe we have uh, the great command, the high pro- highest priority of Jesus uh, when he left, that we have been the ones that he has said, you'll do works that I have done, and you'll do even greater works under the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the advantage we have that the 12 didn't until the Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit descended and Jesus said, uh, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send the comforter. He will guide you into all the truth. And he will remind you of the things that I have taught you, and he will empower you to take this gospel everywhere. That's great. Yes, thank you for that. Very good answer. And actually, that's a that's a a little bit different take than the answers we've gotten before. But it is true that because uh, that is always the pushback. If there is a pushback to that to that question, is that well the the Great Commission commands were given to the those that were just there who could hear it. And yet we can kind of piece it together as you just have that, that it is actually a command for us all. Yeah. And uh, John, the disciple Jesus loved was very clear on that is he, he says, these things are written for you so that you might know. And uh, at the very end of uh, John chapter 21, these are written for you that you may know. And so, you know, I take that very, very personally. And I think Jesus speaks, obviously, to you and me as individuals, Mike, but he speaks to all of his followers for all generations. Uh, His command is, I will be with you uh, to the ends of the earth, but I will, another uh, translation is, uh, I will be with you uh, forever. And so, you know, we're in that forever group. Okay, yeah, that's right. So that kind of goes to our second of our uh, Made for Missions three questions. So the second one is, furthermore, what is the follower of Jesus' responsibility in knowing about the Great Commission and his or her responsibility to obey it, especially given passages of Scripture like John fourteen fifteen, which is, you probably remember, Jesus says, you know, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Well, let me just give you a personal illustration of that. I was uh, I was working in Christian radio in uh, Chicago at uh, Moody Bible Institute uh, with Moody Broadcasting, and I was serving on the board of uh, at that time HCJB, now called Reach Beyond, and I was 
the board had invited me to come consider being president. And I was uh, very content with, uh, I mean, Moody Radio, WMBI has a great ministry across the country, and I was enjoying that role. But as I was praying about this position, HCJB had as its mission to take radio and reach into the outermost parts of the earth to those that have never heard. And I was reading through uh, the Book of Romans and my personal devotions, and I had an all-day Saturday when my wife was uh, out of town, and I I took out my Bible and my yellow pad, and I was going to listen to God. And my reading took me to uh, Romans 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, those classic verses where uh, God says, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach you with us as someone has sent? And finally, the verse in uh, Romans 15, where Paul said, it's always been my ambition to preach the name of Christ where his name is not known. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was God's answer to me. That yes, uh, I'd been reaching my Jerusalem and Judea, my Chicago, my U.S., but Jesus' command was to take the gospel, and I felt that became very much my calling to uh, have the ambition to take the gospel where the name of Christ is not known. So that became very, very personal to me at that point, even though I'd worked in U.S. ministry and evangelism most of my career. But it was a total vision shift for me to realize Christ's command that we're supposed to take the gospel even beyond uh, where we've taken it before. So that's where we came up with the name, Reach Beyond. We changed the name from HCJB, which is a radio station we started 80 years ago in South America, to Reach Beyond, that God has called us to take the gospel to places uh, that it's never gone before, beyond our comfort zone, uh, beyond where we've been before. And so, yes, I think it's very personal. Now, when it comes down to not everyone is called to work for a mission organization, but there are people that are working in education, in business, in banking, in real estate, in industry, in engineering. You have an opportunity to take the gospel to your Jerusalem and Judea, right where you are. You can reach people that me as a ministry professional could never reach because you're there with your uh, colleagues and with your peers, and you can share Christ. I've heard of stories of uh, businesses that are doing uh, business in Japan. Japan is just a terrible place for missionaries. There's so much opposition to the gospel. But if you go in as a business person, you will be invited in Japanese homes because they're very hospitable. Mm. And you as a business person will have a chance to share your faith in ways that no missionary ever could. So don't minimize the opportunity you have. You go to Walmart, and there's somebody at the cashier that is obviously from a different culture. And you have an opportunity to demonstrate or maybe even verbally share the love of Christ with people that are... The mission field has come to our backyard here in the United States. You don't need to go to North Africa because the people in Syria and Turkey and Iran and Iraq and Somalia are coming here. And sometimes we as Christians are fearful or reticent to cross those lines. But uh, Mm -hmm. I think we can reach the uttermost parts of the world just by looking across the aisle in the grocery store. Oh, right. So really, uh, it sounds like what you're saying is there is an opportunity for us to make every day a missions opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, uh, we mentioned in our conversation right before we uh, began recording 
uh, students, the International Student uh, mm-hmm. Ministry. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, the, the the cream of the crop from these countries come to the United States to study. They want to learn the United States culture. They want to know, so they're open. And so, one of the most influential things we can do is share the gospel with these students from other countries because they're going to graduate and they're going to take their newfound faith back to their countries, and they will be leaders in their countries because they've had a good education in the United States. So if we can reach and equip those students here, that'll go back and take them. That's another indirect way of following Christ's command. It really is. I mean, you know, obviously in our ministry, we talk a lot about, you know, even just being able to reach your neighbors, but certainly, yeah, I think, boy, uh, of course, Wayne, you and I don't know each other all that well, but I actually started my ministry career with the Navigators. So I was on staff with the Navigators, and I initially did international student ministry. And I've just told people, churches over and over, whenever I get a chance to talk about this, that just adding a small little international student ministry to what you're already doing, you know, A, you've got the congregation members that are looking for something to do. B, you probably have some small college of some kind in your in your backyard that you can and I can't remember the statistics, but there there are some statistics that I've heard that something like I mean it's like fifty or sixty percent of international students who come to a the United States to study never get a chance to you know, walk into our, or have it to have a meal in a, in an American's home. And I think, mm-hmm. boy, what a missed opportunity and what a pity, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and holidays are a good time to do that. Invite them in for your Thanksgiving, invite them in for your Christmas, inviting them for Easter, important uh, times where you can explain why in our culture we celebrate these days and point them to Jesus. Yeah, and they're looking for that opportunity to learn about America. They've come to America, right? At least a part to learn about American culture and our yeah, our heritage and whatnot and our holidays. So well when that gets us uh kind of a very great uh transition to our third question. And yeah, we've been kind of talking about the answers to this, but I'm I'm curious to know what else you might say. So the third question is, finally, for the average, quote-unquote, Jane or Joe Christian, what are some of the top ways you would suggest for him or her to see Great Commission fulfillment in his or her life? And I think this is our maybe one of our most important questions, just because I think a lot of people, okay, they get that Great Commission is a command for them. They go, okay, if Jesus says, if you love me, you obey my commands. And yet I think people kind of get stuck and they don't know kind of where to start. So what other suggestions would you have for folks that they'd go, yeah, I want to fulfill the Great Commission and see God use me, but I'm not quite sure where to start. If your church has a missions committee, volunteer to serve on that missions committee. When your church has a missionary come in, show up and learn and and then begin to support that missionary. some of the fastest growing churches have a large missions program and they're supporting their own people from their church that are going out. I love that model. So support the people from your church that are serving cross-culturally uh, with your prayers and with your uh, finances. Uh, look for opportunities to go. 
A month ago, my wife went to Haiti and worked with a group from a church visiting orphanages and uh, hospitals and working in the inner city in Port-au-Prince. There are opportunities where you can go and demonstrate the love of Christ on, on for a week, for two weeks, for a month, two months. Uh, consider a second career. In some of these areas of the world, uh, we're looking for engineers, uh, accountants, communicators, uh, writers, teachers, uh, business people, agricultural workers. There are opportunities where you can use your vocational skills to serve in a meaningful way alongside uh, some of these places that are unreached. So don't minimize the opportunities to go, but not everybody can do that. Many of us can give, all of us can pray, and begin to look for specific ways. When missionaries, uh, you know, come into town, invite them into your home, expose missions to your family, invite uh, neighbors and friends over, uh, go to the Day for the Reached, dayfortheunreached.org website and look for resources there. There are videos that you can use to show to your Sunday school class or to your community prayer group or whatever group you're involved in and uh, use some of these videos as a topic of discussion to enlighten yourself and enlighten others. Uh, So uh, I think there are many ways the average Joes uh, and Josephines can work. When I look at the first century, the people that took the gospel to the world were not educated men and women. They were peasants, they were carpenters, they were fishermen, they were tax collectors. Uh, one was a doctor. But these were people, in fact, on the day of Pentecost, people said, these are unlearned and untaught men. How can we understand them in our language? God uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. And so uh, look for ways that God can use your passion your giftedness, your talent, your work experience, your place in life as an opportunity for you to share what Christ has done for you with those around the world. That's really great. Thanks for that. And I was just thinking as you were talking about, you know, going to the Day for the Unreached website, I'll just give another shout out. I know one of the uh, partners that you all have is Joshua Project. Right. Yeah. Also there in uh, yeah. Colorado Springs. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've interviewed uh, Dwayne Frazier with Joshua Project and love with the was just down there visiting with them. But what a great way for churches to be able to uh, begin to learn. Right. Another resource. I'm just always so impressed with what they do. It's great. And I'm glad that they're partners of uh, what you guys are doing. I would imagine that's a very complimentary relationship. Very, very much so. And we also work with another organization called Missio Nexus, which is a coalition Mm -hmm. of over 2,000 mission organizations that have come together. Bibles for the World, uh, Mission Network News, OM, uh, Partners International, World Missions, Zimzam Global are some of the other organizations that have partnered with us. And uh, we worked uh, closely with uh, Crew and uh, with... uh, with uh, Rick Warren, who has endorsed this, as well as Paul Fleischman, as we mentioned, with uh, the Jesus Film uh, Project. And so we're seeing a a growing... uh, David Platt, you've mentioned that name. These are some of the spokespeople that have come behind and supported what we hope will be an annual but an ongoing uh, movement to uh, direct the Church of North America and Europe to focus on those countries 
where there is no exposure to the gospel. Great work to be done, but as we say, with technology and with what God is doing in miraculous ways in some of these uh, forbidden countries, it's possible that this could happen in our generation. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And I'm looking at the Day for the Unreached dot uh, org website, and it looks like all of the all of the partner ministries. You can just go right to there. Looks like it's got they've got the links to each each partner ministry right there on your mm-hmm. website. So what a great way to, to for folks to be able to do that as well. So as we in this episode, Wayne, I'm wondering if uh, maybe two things. First, are there any final encouragements you'd have for folks or any yeah, we've just there's a big job to be done, right? If you've got forty two percent of the world's population unreached or unengaged, mm-hmm. this is something that we need to take seriously as a global church, isn't it? Absolutely. We have the strongest authorization from God himself. Uh, We have uh, the greatest power through the Holy Spirit. We have the highest motivation, which is love. We have the largest distribution network in the world. Uh, We're in an age where we've seen the fastest expansion of the gospel. And people may or may not know that Christianity is growing around the world 50% faster than Islam. So we should be encouraged by the progress and challenged by the opportunity that we have uh, before us to take this seriously. This, you know, the good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Leith Anderson, uh, has asked this question. When we get to heaven, we will want to go to Peter and Paul and Stephen and Silas and say, what was it like? What was it like to be alive in the first century? And see the day of Pentecost and the great expansion of the gospel. And then he goes to say, Peter and Paul will turn to us. What was it like in the 21st century with all the media you have and all the fast growth and 3,000 people an hour coming to Christ? What was it like to live in those days? And I think we realize what a privilege and pleasure we have to be in a day and age where we could, in this generation, see the completion of the Great Commission. Wow, what a great uh, vision and a great uh, you know idea to think about, isn't it? That uh, yeah, we're going to want to know from them, but they're also going to want to know from us as well. So, Wayne, I know we've mentioned the website a number of times. What other ways can folks get in touch with you all? Uh, that's the best way is the website. Uh, you know, we're okay. not an organization, so we don't have staff. We're all volunteers. But if you go oh, to the website, you'll find all the resources there. And then you can connect it with us. You can sign up to be an advocate. And then you'll begin to get materials and blogs and podcasts and videos. On a, We don't flood your inbox. We're not going to do that. But there are resources okay. there. And it'll be an ongoing dialogue with you as an advocate of what's happening in this world of uh, the Great Commission. And uh, we'll, we'll be able to interact with you on that on that basis. That's really great. Well, Wayne, thank you so much for your, the abundance of your time. Now, two two episodes, and I'm sure looking forward to at one point meeting you personally, and maybe even uh, uh, any way we can partner together with you. We'd love to do it. Like that, and uh, uh, God bless you and your ministry of uh, reaching out to unreached places and of making the cause of the unreached uh, a priority to the church today. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that 
the second half of the interview that I did with Wayne Peterson. I hope you agree that his answer to my number one question was uh, very interesting. So Wayne, thank you so much for that. Thank you for joining us for what turned out to be about an hour of you and I talking together. I know actually we could have probably had two or three or four hours uh, given our uh, joint heart for reaching the unreached. And so thank you for that. Again, let me recommend to all of you that you go to the dayfortheunreached.org, which is their website. And really that kind of contains, you know, other ways to contact them. Click on the yellow button. I would highly recommend that says become an advocate. They're going to send you information, but as Wayne says in the interview, they're not going to, you know, send you a ton of stuff. It's just a little bit of stuff that kind of keeps you up to date on the on the needs of the unreached and gives you an opportunity to pray. On the website, as he's mentioned, there's all kinds of resources, and if you're a pastor listening today and you want a bulletin insert or you want a, other study tools or things that you can bring up the the plight of the unreached in your uh, congregation, that you now that's the website to go to, really. So thank you again for joining us for this episode. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at Missions Mike. You can find my co-host, Ken Watmore who will be back with us for the 84th episode of the podcast, at Ken Watmore. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We're so thankful that you're with us. And I'll look forward to having you back here for the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast. <music>